0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to a Community of Principles podcast, a conversation to support leaders. I'm your host, Ben Gilpin. Now, let's get this started. Well, here we go again. We are back with the Community of Principles podcast, and I have the one and only David Simpson joining on this episode. But before we jump into David, a couple of things. Uh, I don't know about all of you, but I can tell you that um, we have uh, started to wrap up conference time. And conference time is, is one that I look at as an opportunity. And when I think about opportunities, it's, it's really a great chance to see people face to face and have the conversations that we've probably needed to have, but haven't figured out exactly how to make it happen. So hopefully if you have not entered into the conference time, you are looking at them also with that lens of an opportunity. So that's just my little disclaimer with my education chat. And now I'm going to jump into our guest we have with us on season two. Episode two, David Simpson. And so David Simpson is from probably my favorite city in the state of Michigan, Grand Rapids, and he is at Forest Hills. A couple other things about David that you may or may not know. He also is the co-founder of the We Lead Michigan campaign, We Lead MI campaign. And he's also part of the MEMSPA co-state and federal relations coordinator. So you're a busy guy, David. And I I always run into you at MEMSPA. And I know I'm going to see you again this year, but um, goodness gracious, I'm looking at your uh, your bio and you've got a lot going on. How are you doing?
1: Doing great. Thanks for having me on today. But uh, I think busy is the word I think all of us as principals could, can understand that we're all busy in a lot of different ways, but it keeps, it keeps me young, keeps me excited and energized, especially our work with MEMSPA, just to be part
0: of that community of principals, as you said in your title for your podcast. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, so uh, season two, as several of our listeners know, it is going to be fast. It's going to be hard hitting and we're going to find out quite a bit about you in a very short amount of time. So are you ready for this? Ready. Let's go. Okay, here we go. Hey, so before we jump in, this is actually going to be question number one. It is Michigan, Michigan State Week. Question number one, where's your allegiance? Go green, go white. Oh, he's laying it down right away. That's an easy one, man. Okay. So, so you're big Michigan state guy on uh, any, did you go to Michigan state? How did that come to be?
1: So it really came out of a, uh, being a little brother to my big brother, Bill. He was a Michigan fan growing up. And as a young kid, I didn't want to be the same as my brother. So from like the age of probably four or five, he was a Michigan fan. So I had to be a state fan and, uh, rooted for them and, and grew up loving them. I think if I would have been six inches taller, I would have tried to play football there. But I didn't, but I ended up getting my master's and I got my PhD from Michigan State. So continuing my dream there.
0: Nice work. Now, you know, one of your good friends in education is Mike Domogowski and he's a big Michigan fan. So do you guys have a side wager going on at all?
1: No, no, I I, just, it'd be too hard. I didn't want to put Mike down because every year it seems like Michigan loses. So it just wasn't much of a bet. And I just like to keep our friendship uh, intact. And I just, I don't want to hurt his feelings at all. So I figured I wouldn't do anything like that with him
0: this year. Oh, I love it. I love it. And I know he's going to listen to this, so I can't wait. Okay, let's get into the real nitty gritty. David, how did you get to your current role? Tell us that journey.
1: Yeah, I, um, my wife and I were in the east side of the state, but we grew up in Montcalm County, which is the county over from where Grand Rapids is located at. And an opportunity came up to, uh, to come to Forest Hills. I actually... Didn't know I to be qualified because I had a middle school background and my position that I was applying for was a fifth and sixth grade job. So kind of more elementary and put my name in the hat and things worked out and we ended up moving back to the west side. And um, it's it's been an amazing journey to be part of uh, a community here in Forest Hills. And then I just recently moved to my new position last year. I was uh, approached by our superintendent to come over to a middle school to replace a principal that had been there for a number of years, a well-loved uh, principal. And I knew I had a middle school background, so I switched over to the seventh and eighth grade and haven't looked back since.
0: Okay, so I'm gonna have a follow up to that one. I, I love that journey. How do you honor the person that has come before or that you came after? How do you honor that person, but also put in place your own stamp?
1: So it, it was very, uh, a funny line came out. Uh, the former principal, again, well loved by the staff. So I really was intentional in spending time with her and honoring her work. She had been there for, I think, 14 or 15 years, really understanding she had a passion for the school. But one thing that we always knew about her is she was really well, well-dressed and she always wore these high heels. And so it's kind of this joke. And so instead of talking about not to be able to, to I, I can't wear her high heels. I can only be me and wear the shoes that I wear. And so kind of honor, honoring her and, and listening to the work that she had done. And really it was about listening, Ben, and listening to her and Having the staff know that I that I've honored their work previously to that, but I can't be her. I can only be me and be authentic and vulnerable with that as well.
0: Oh, that's fantastic! Great answer there. Appreciate that. And because I think so many people are are in a position where they've taken over for someone, uh, and they they need to honor the person before them, but they also need to be themselves. So I I applaud you, and I love the fact that you mentioned listening and being a great listener. So um, kudos to you, my friend. We are on to question number four. Best advice you've ever received? Best,
1: best advice is be yourself because everybody else is already taken. And that's really helped me become more authentic as a leader. Uh, just be vulnerable. Just be, you know, Brene Brown's got a new book out, Dare to Lead. And just, again, having those just honest conversations with people so they see you as who you are. And just be true to yourself because, again, like sometimes we get ourselves in trouble when we try to be other people. I am who I am. That's who I. Who my staff is going to get, my students are going to get, and um, I just try to be my best version of myself every day.
0: And you know what? That's that's wise words, and it's um, and it seems very simple, but when you start trying to be somebody else, that's when things fall apart. So I completely agree with you, my friend. Okay, what? And and this will be interesting. I, I'm very curious to see where you go with this. I think of this. Yep. Question number five. Two things most people don't know about David Simpson.
1: All right. Give me one second for this, this answer.
0: Yep. Yep. You're good.
1: Okay. I I think, uh, the first one is kind of an easy one. I actually grew up in a funeral home. I, I lived, my, my father was a funeral director my brother's taken over the family business. I lived on the second floor. So if you've seen the movie, my girl, that was basically my life growing up and what it did, it really helped shape, um, my ability to interact, uh, with people. I would have to work funerals and visitations and be with people at some of their most devastating times of their lives. And, make conversation and empathize and, and, and be with them. And so those experiences really helped shape my view on life and just living with the experiences that we have in the moment. So I think that would be something that probably nobody really knows about me in my professional life and it's really shaped who I am. I think uh, another thing was that Enterprise Rent-A-Car has really been a game changer in my life. In college, I, I didn't realize that I wanted to be in education. In fact, I didn't switch to becoming a teacher until my junior year of college because it was a moment that I had. I worked for Enterprise Rent a Car as a management trainee, and I remember the exact moment, the exact dealership, the exact time when I looked at the clock, and I realized that my calling in life had a bigger purpose than than trying to make money for a company. Not that Enterprise is a bad company, but just. That profit motive wasn't what I wanted. And so I remember the moment that I sat there and I looked at that clock and I said, you know, I want to do something with my life that's going to make an impact. And I remember that to this day. And I remember I went and called Alma college that summer and met with an advisor and switched my major and, and, uh, been in education since.
0: Wow. Okay. So first of all, shut the front door. I lived in a funeral home for almost four years. You did? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I am telling you, and you know, everything that you were saying about empathy and about understanding and about um, being able to just work with people and and sometimes in their worst of times, totally. um, I, I here's the thing. <laughs> if you'd have told me at some point in my life that uh, I was going to live in a funeral home, I'd have been like, not going to happen. But I will tell you, I look back on those years as tremendous growth opportunities, and I also... I wouldn't take it away. I thought it was a great experience. So yeah. I can't believe, I mean, honestly, no. I've been doing, I've been doing this a long time. I have never encountered somebody that has that similar experience. So, wow. Yeah.
1: No, I'm, it taught me a lot. I remember I used to, in high school, I had to get up before school started to see if it snowed because you couldn't put off snowing because we didn't know if someone would die that day. And some people would have to come into the funeral home. Yeah. My friends wouldn't come over in my senior year of high school. And if we had a, a customers, they called it because they were too scared. So that was unique. but um. It just gave a lot of perspective, a lot of perspective on life. And it's neat that my brother has taken over the family business. So he's still, we still have some family funeral homes in the family.
0: Yeah, that's, yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, Next up. Hmm. Just curious to see where you go with this one. And you don't have to fix it. You do not have to fix this question. Something in education that you wish you could fix.
1: I think the big thing that we're trying to grapple with now is that even though we're trying to do some innovative things with project-based learning, we still have bells. We still have kids predominantly across the state, across the United States, in Michigan, wherever you're at, in secondary land, especially middle school, they go from class to a class to a class. And we're trying to make inroads with that. But systemically, it's so difficult because of the experiences our families have had, constraints on the system. So I'm excited to continue to, to push and just create ways and ideas. And you know, it's not going to harm kids to try different things. And you know, I think we'll move move ahead, but I think that would be something that I would love to see. How can we just break down those silos that we've created?
0: Cool, I like it. I like it. Thinking different. Okay, question number seven. If you've ever gone to, if you've ever gone to a um, wedding, you've probably been asked this. So, um, David, chicken or fish?
1: Chicken. I'm not a big fish guy, and just sometimes I just always think of the movie Airplane. If you ever saw the movie Airplane? I'm always worried yeah. about ordering fish. You never know how it's going to be cooked.
0: Okay. Okay, so your choice is chicken. Do you have a preference in how your chicken is cooked?
1: I like grilled chicken. You know, I think that and it reminds me of summer a little bit. You don't always get that at a wedding, but yeah, definitely grilled chicken.
0: All right. I like it. I like it. Okay, and here's your last question and in in about 60 seconds or so. I imagine there was someone in your career that saw your leadership potential before you did. Who was that person and what would you like to say to him now?
1: Well, that's that's actually an easy one. Um, I remember sitting back, like I said, in enterprise rent a car when I realized I wanted to go to education. That's because of a man named Bill Thwaites. Coach Thwaites was my football coach all through high school at Central Montcom. really like a second dad. Um, when I had some ups and downs as a child growing up, he'd be another person that I would turn to. I'd go to his house as a mentor. Just as someone who I know he he loved me and, and cared about me more than just a player, and so he inspired me to be the man that I am today. Try to emulate what he did. Unfortunately, three years after graduating from high school, he was diagnosed with leukemia, and so he passed away my junior year of college. But I was proud he got to see me play one football game at Elma College. But to this day. I will still visit him at the cemetery and just, and have conversations. But, you know, if I can be half the man that coach the was that I know I'm going to make a huge impact on kids. Oh,
0: that's a cool story. And, you know, I know you're a person of faith as well and, 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 you know, you got to believe that he's looking down over you all the time and he's probably one of your biggest fans. So, you know, I I just want to thank you again for coming on and, and, you know, you've shared some great insights, um, I can't wait to see you in just uh, just a few short weeks up at MEMSPA. You know, David, I, I just got to say, I, I love the fact that you're always willing to take on new challenges. You're always willing to support other people. And you have just a, such a tremendous, optimistic, positive mindset. So as I wrap this up, if you're listening to this podcast and you're going to be up in Traverse City for the MEMSPA conference, look up David Simpson terrific terrific guy and you can learn a lot from him uh thanks again david
1: well thanks and i look forward to it i am presenting up in memspa so please check out my session but always a great opportunity to connect with others so thanks for your support ben and thanks for the kind words
0: and as we wrap this one up uh this is uh, also once again just a this is episode two in season two um check it out and episode one if you missed it was with john wenstrom once again, it is so critical that we stay connected with one another because that is how leaders continue to improve. Collaboration, connection, keep pushing each other. Thanks, everybody. See you next time. Well, thanks again to our guest. Let's continue to connect and, and reflect because that's what leaders do. Thank you to all of our listeners. Don't forget to check out hashtag MemspaChat Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can also find more leadership tools at memspa.org.